spirit leading this realm There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light Don't be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light Spreading the news If you live in a lie You ain't gonna die with the truth This is Matt and Mom Live It's real, it's raw, it's relevant The show is about the topical, the conversational But most importantly, the purposeful We hope to develop and distribute hope to the broken We pray that this show blesses you today Alright, we're back at it again This is Matt and Mom Live It's real, it's raw, it's relevant We thank you for tuning in today We hope that you can go to last week's podcast And tune in, listen in It's about 20 some minutes about our topic today Continuation to that thread Which is anger How to manage and deal with your emotions And specifically when you're frustrated um, Listening into last week's show I noticed that it sounds a little bit echoey So we apologize for that And if it sounds like that today Once again we're kind of having difficulties with the system we're using to record. But it's coming in clear, and we appreciate your ear. And we appreciate that you thought that Matt had a really bad cold. And, of course, I always sound nasal. So, But it really is technical difficulties. Yes, I actually can't figure it out. Hopefully, within the next week, we'll be able to sort this out and get back to the, the proper sound. So what I did think about in this time frame of talking about anger and frustration, obviously... Um, dealing with, at the end of the show, we talked about the proper channel of anger, and it looks like Jesus. And then we talked about the improper production of anger, and where does that stem from? Mom, you said it was a heart condition that took a, f- a friend of yours, and you say yes, it was, because their entire life, they were such an awesome person, but anger overrid any type of semblance or balance, and there's a lot of verses that talk about the entire physical man or woman is affected by the emotional man or woman, which is determined by the spiritual man or woman. And we ended with a, a proverb last week, and I said, "Wow, there's a better proverb that fits in what we're talking about," and it's found in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. It says, "Like a city that is broken into and without walls." is a man or woman who has no control over their spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you consider the reason why they use a city and its protective boundary, a wall, you will understand that when you are not in control of your spirit, your emotions, then you are letting all types of attacks in. And this made a lot of sense to the people who were in that culture. They had walls around their cities. That was the the sign of their, not only their, that was not only the sign of their protection, but it was a sign of their prominence. I mean, depending on the size of your wall. Like their military strength. Yeah, like if you had a giant wall, you knew that the, the city had money and they had the manpower to construct such a wall. And if it was a small wall, it was more likely to be conquered. And here's a crazy little analogy about walls. Um, the strength of every city is found in the gate, they say. And the gate is the main entrance. Around the gate is the wall. 
So when you walk into a main city, usually you would have to go through a main entrance, a gate. And enemies over time realized that certain cities were so well protected by these walls that they could not penetrate them. Mm. So what they learned they could do was they could compromise the main entrance or the gate of the city, which would then compromise the entire city. So consider you are a city. How would they do this, you ask? Interesting. They would actually send their women. They would send their women to the main gate, to the entrance, to seduce the gatekeepers. And upon seducing the gatekeepers, the maybe secrets of the city were given out. Then the females would go back and tell the military men, the commanders, the captains and generals, how to compromise the city. So if you think about that, your entire integrity is locked into your walls. And if you allow compromise to set in, however that looks, even anger, you can in fact compromise your entire city, your entire person. So with that being said, how secure is your emotional man or woman? Is there something that continually is penetrating you? Continually breaking your boundaries or breaking the barriers. You are continually responding with anger, with resentment, with rage. And most of the time, mom, that we do act out our anger, it's with the tongue. Mm-hmm. I think there was a quote that talked about the the anger of the tongue. What, what yeah, is that quote? It says, the best time for you to hold your tongue is the time you feel you must say something. Wow. <laughs> The best time to hold your tongue is the exact time that you feel like you have to say something. It's the truth. Because usually it's the wrong thing that you say, and again, it stems from the tongue, which James says, the tongue is a world of iniquity. Yeah. The tongue... The smallest instrument can do the biggest harm. And it's and usually with that instrument, it is anger that we project. Lash out. Lash out. You know, it's funny. In my younger days, I used to pride myself on having a very quick wit. And a lashing tongue. Yeah. Especially when I, I was involved in the political realm. And here in my own skewed, righteous, Christian thinking, I prided myself on I could take down the other side. Not only intellectually with the subject matter at hand, because I used to debate a mm-hmm. lot of different women with different points of view, but I can leave you feeling dejected. Think about that. Here I'm a Christian. I'm patting myself on the back like, I know how to win an argument. And not only do I know how to win an argument, but I can deflate your ego. You won the argument. You lost the soul. This was in my younger days. And you know what's funny, Matt? Again, new Christian, that doesn't mean you're perfect at all. Sanctification is a process. And it's that journey of of having that conviction of the Holy Spirit and that change in your life. But when I look back, I'm ashamed at some of the harsh political positions that I took. And again, this is relevant for the culture today because there's a lot going on in the culture that, yes, morally and biblically is against what God would have us. But how we manage that, when we manage that with anger or with judgment, we're we are like, as we said in the last show, Jesus writing in the sand saying, weigh your own heart on this. I'm not saying we shouldn't take stands on things. We should. But there's a right way of doing it. And it's as we said in the last show, you brought up righteousness. It's clothed in Christ. It's out of love. And it's not out of 
contentment. But I was going to say that in my older years, my golden years now as a, as a grandma and as an older person, an older woman in the community, I run into a lot of the women that I used to battle with when I was younger. And I know they see a difference in me. They know all we've been through as a family, publicly. Um, they've read some of the things I've written. And I always make it a point to tell them as we get in discussion, man, I was so righteous in my judgment. And I try to apologize without compromising that the way I said it, I don't, I don't, I don't digress by anything I've ever believed, but I know that the way I attacked it would not be looked upon. And I hope wouldn't look, be looked upon in a good way from the eyes of the Lord. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the Bible verses zeal without wisdom can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So the perfect balance of zeal and wisdom rightly applied would be indignation, which is righteous anger. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that because being on fire at times for certain issues and you might say to me, Matt, that sounds all great and all, but your approach is off. Mm -hmm. Your words are good. You are bold about this particular issue or stance and you are making sense. However, there's a little bit too much emotion involved. Well, that, and that's funny because I do say that to you once in a while. That's what you said. No, I know. But I say that. Why? Because you went through it. Because I have been there. And right. I look back and go, oh. So here's the, here's the pointer, listeners. Most of the stuff you read from me or hear from me has usually ran through the filter of my mother. Because <laughs> if it is just me, you better believe it's coming way more intensity. And I say that humbly, but it's just from what I've been through and, and what I love to share. And hopefully um, the show shares with you some tactics of how to deal with the issues that we're talking about today. The issue is anger or out of control emotions and where do you start? And we have Jesus as the perfect example. Mom, consider we talk about last week how he demonstrated the perfect righteous anger mm -hmm. and why he did so in the temple, keeping the, the temple clean. So people can get to his father was more important to him than coming in and softly approaching the situation. And then we find out later on in the Gospels that they put Jesus through such a trial where it got physical. They are spitting on him. They are blindfolding him and striking him. They are mocking him. They are, did I say spitting on him? Did. They are putting a crown of thorns on his head. They are flogging him. With the cat of nine tails, they are Stripping eventually him. going to hang him on a tree. Mm. And throughout that process, you know what is interesting? The Bible says, and he answered not a word. I know. And he answered not a word. Even the accusations, even the, the condemnation. I mean, he only answered Pilate when Pilate said, they're saying you're king. Is this true? And he said, it is as you say. Because he said, that's the truth. I am the king. But I'm not going to answer anything else because... I'm not willing to compromise the truth. I answer truth, but I'm not willing to compromise myself. Because if he had said anything else, it was for their appeasement. They weren't curious about whether or not he was doing certain things in a certain way. They wanted to appease their own method or justify why they were doing what they were doing. And he, he wasn't willing to give them that much. But how did he contain his emotions? Being God, being man, and go all the way to the cross... Like a, a like a, a was it lamb to slaughter. a lamb to the slaughter? Yeah, why not call out a whole bunch of angels and take them all out? <laughs> really take this whole world out? Frankly. How do you do it? 
I believe he did it by a lifestyle and a habitual devotional time with his father that gave him such composure spiritually that when the going got tough and things got real, he was able to tap into that calmness, that composure. And I say that because um, not even close to being at the level of what Jesus experienced, but being in a situation where I had to really think about my actions. And even if somebody was going to press my buttons, I had to make up my mind beforehand. So last week we talked about boiling points. And that was kind of a fun way of me to manage my emotions. Because if I thought, hey, cameramen are going to pop out any moment. And they're going to say, surprise, you did great. You managed your emotions. You didn't flip out. It was easier for me to deal with some of the nonsense that I had to put up with. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool quotes that I forget the beginning stage of this analogy. But a king is basically calling a slave and he, he has favor on the slave and he wants to set the slave free and he says I'm going to set you free and the slave says to the king oh king I am already free and the king on his throne laughs and says how can you say you are free and the slave says to the king oh king I tell you how he who manages his thoughts is free he says in fact even a king who is managed by his thoughts or his anger is a slave, even while sitting on a throne. Yeah. But a slave who manages his thoughts and controls his anger is a king, even while in chains. Yeah. That's awesome. And those kind of quotes were what got me through. Like, if I can control my thoughts, which can control my emotions, it will control my actions, all governed by the Holy Spirit, then I am king of my city, even though I'm in chains, mm -hmm. so to speak. And it is interesting, right before this horrific scene that we are all very familiar with, the crucifixion of Jesus, there's that time in the garden where he is praying so profusely that the capillaries in his body burst and he's literally, blood is coming through his skin. So you know he was mentally, spiritually preparing himself for what he knew, not only was going to be the physical part, but the worst part, separation. Yeah, spiritual separation from, from the Father. Father. And I always think about that, and I say, what was more painful? And you can take that pain into every area. You could take that into the spiritual pain of being separated from God, which we really don't know what that feels like. We can live without knowing we're in God's presence. Jesus actually knew what it would feel like to be separated from his Father, because he had not ever felt it from the beginning of eternity. And this is why he was bleeding through his pores. The mental pain the emotional pain, and even the physical pain of what was about to take place with the crucifixion. I say all that to say, do you actually think it was more painful for him to hang there and deal with all that? And I say no. I say it was more painful for him not to hang there. What did you mean by that? I mean, it took Jesus more passion, compassion, love, and all those awesome of things of God to stay on that cross. Mm -hmm. Think about it. The Creator's hands are being allowed to be pinned to a wooden beam. The hands that created the world are subjecting Himself to a cross. Right. What took more? Manage that type of pain or to manage the emotions for Him not to come off that cross mm -hmm. and deal with what was being hurled at Him? I don't know. That might be too profound or too, too deep, but I think about that all the time. Like That his hands remained. That his hands stayed. When he could have 
removed them. When he could have removed them. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. And I guess when we start to stand on our own little righteous wagon of, you offended me, you judged me, you didn't treat me right. Wait, where does that lead to? It leads to nowhere. Well, we're going to try to hopefully lead it into holding on to anger, like you said, bitterness, resentment. Unforgiveness. Um, unforgiveness. That's what, yeah, okay, ultimately, ultimately lead to that. Yeah. But my point in saying that was when we look at the standard, Jesus being the gold standard, and we have the audacity, really, to say, you offended me. Look at what God has done for us. I think with me, and I was talking about how when people attack my kids, it gets my back up, and I have a harder time, you know, processing that. But I always come down to this. Really, Anne? I mean, what did God do for you? And you're going to hold on to this against that person? Because when you do hold on to that, as we've said before, it's your it's an anchor. It's pulling you right down to sea. It's weighing you down, and you will look different, and it will be it will be very evident in your personality by all who meet you. Because you'll look like you're just wearing some baggage. Who needs baggage when there's enough? And a lot of times, the person that you're angry toward, they're going on with their life. They right. don't even remember the situation. So you, and you're holding on to it. And every time you see them or hear about them or think of it, it enrages you. Meanwhile, they're whistling their way through life. Da, 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 da. And not to say anything about that person. They may not even realize they slighted you or offended you. But you're holding on to something mm -hmm. that is making you ill. You're holding yourself hostage. Right, so how do we release these emotions that, you know, God allowed? God allows a, a form of anger, but when it gets consuming. unhealthy, consuming, mm -hmm. how do we release that? What, what is our method of getting release from that type of bondage? It really is bondage. Well, you know, I, I don't know what, the, what you think the right answer is, because you know he always gives me questions and answers. But my thing is this. I go to God, number one, and I confess. And number two, I pray for that person. The minute I start to pray for people that have bugged me or irked me, it's like something begins to just shatter and be lifted off my heart in little pieces. Where soon I feel nothing about right. this pain or anger towards them. Right. So what do you do? What do you? Well, that was the answer. That's it's learning to, how to turn to God, and sometimes even venting or or giving Him your frustrations. And I think He smiles down upon us when we do that. Uh, not take it out on Him, but release it to Him, where He can handle it, as opposed to releasing it upon that situation or the person. And then you know, a lot of times when that happens, you compromise your testimony, um, you jeopardize your example, and usually regret. You think you're going to feel better for venting or flipping out on a situation or a person. And in the long run, it comes back and it's like, that wasn't even worth it. I still feel ill towards that person. Right. I have another good quote on that one. It says, speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Right. Yeah, I did it a million I've times. I've done that too. <laughs> yes. I've done it too, but the prayer is that we do it less and less, more of Jesus, less of us. Right, and I think if you can pick, um, picture, the bigger picture about eternity and God and His love and allow that to govern you, mm -hmm. I believe that it's easier to see, even when you feel slighted or offended, the bigger picture. And in the bigger picture... 
a lot of those little mini altercations or disagreements, they are so pointless and trivial. And I'm guilty myself for blowing things out of proportion and trying to get my point across and and doing so at everybody else's expense and at my own. And then realize and say, wow, there was probably an easier way to navigate this situation that didn't deal with the wrong emotions and it didn't deal with assertion or asserting myself. And at the end of the day, it's dying to yourself because anytime you have anger that comes out and it spews venom, it was usually all you. This It wasn't the person that triggered it. It was you. You being unable to control self. And the only way to control self, um, biblically, is to put him to death. And I believe when Jesus was in that garden, Mom, mm-hmm. he had put self to death before he was to be put to death. So he laid down his will because he said, Father, 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 if it is your will, I'll go through with this. But is there another way? Is there another way for us to accomplish this? So he had his own will. Mm-hmm. He had to surrender his will, agree with his Father's will, and then go forward in that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is what set him free. And that's why he was able to remain on that cross as opposed to coming down. So anger. It is a heavy emotion if not managed. If not released in the right direction which is heavenward. Towards God in prayer. Through conversations. Working it out with him. Not allowing it to work you out. And also a habitual um, lifestyle of devotions, time alone with God, managing your spirit, growing in your spirit, which then will determine your emotional or wom- your emotional man or your or your emotional woman, and it's those two that are sandwiched between your spirit and your flesh. Mm-hmm. And if you control that type of person, your it's your soulish person, then you are more likely to be in control of your physical person. And like you said, Ma, there's physical ramifications and consequences to your health. When you allow anger to win over. And you talked about um, a friend last episode. And I just want to reread some of the medical issues that can stem from anger. High blood pressure, heart disease, stress hormones increase, and they are harmful to every part of your body. And they say that being angry is equivalent to smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, you're talking about... An emotion that can kill you. It's destructive to the body. There's no good thing having to do with it. And you know what's a shame? That there isn't more segments in our culture in helping people maintain these kinds of emotions. But And I believe that starts with the church. Because if we realize the closer we walk with God, the more time we spend with Him, just like the old saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, because that means we kind of resemble our parents' traits... Well, we want to resemble our father's traits. And if we're not starting to look more like him, respond more like look like him, then we're probably not spending a whole lot of time with him. Right. That's why the, the we'll end with this. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. And we always take that exact verse and we apply to it like him being um, an all-consuming fire. And we get I think we conjure up the wrong imagery of that. And it's actually... As he's the fire, anything that touches fire becomes fire. So the more time you spend with God in his mm-hmm. presence, the more you become like him, like fire. Mm-hmm. And if you're truly being consumed by him, on you will go his character. Mm-hmm. And if you forget what that looks like, you're to look to the scriptures and see the life of Jesus. He is the express image or the character 
of God in the flesh. Nobody can ever say, I don't know what God looks like. I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know what he would do if he was in this situation. And I say, yes, you do. It's exactly what Jesus did, and it's exactly what he's wanting to do through you. So we hope that we gave you a little bit of insight into some um, issues that you may struggle with, we all struggle with. So we're just being honest with the, the issue of anger and how it can pollute you. It can affect everything about you and your life, relationships. It can pollute your house. It can be poisonous to your physical man or woman. And hopefully we gave you some strategies on how to deal with it, obviously through prayer and devotionals and releasing it in a healthy manner to God and allowing him to govern your emotional man or woman and therefore being that strong city with the strong walls and not having compromise setting because of the main gate. And that is what we will end with. We thank you for tuning in. We, we hope that this came in clear, the audio, and we ask you to share this podcast with a friend. Hopefully, we've distributed hope to your situation. And we end all shows reminding you that the clearest testimony that you have isn't the one you share verbally. It's the one you live practically. People need to see it. You may be the only Bible somebody reads. And all shows always end with Psalm 4610. Be still. Whatever you're going through, be still and know that God is in control. Thank you. Loves me just as I am, despite all my flaws. He takes the pain from my flesh and leaves it right at the cross. Which way are you going? Yahweh, you don't know him. I answer his calling. Y'all people ain't knowing. He breathed in my lungs and spared me from Satan. And now that I love even my loved ones, they hate Waiting patiently, pacing for me to fall on my face But I'm falling in faith, pardon me for his grace There's a battle out there, spiritly in this realm There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross if you live in that light, you'll be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light. Thank you, Jesus, I love you. Help me spread the good news. If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth. Christ.